0: I am like the roaring lion in the dream, my roaring will wake you up from the dream into reality. This is The Lion's Roar, the DSI podcast all about understanding the teachings of Satya Sai Baba in their truest form. Sairam, so, um, Ashwin here. So let's just retrace our steps. We're about halfway down the road to divinity and what have we seen so far? We've stopped off at the shops for a packet of chips we ate with our eyes, we've gone in search of a hidden light in the den of darkness, and paused for that typical road trip d asking ourselves some pretty earth-shattering questions along the way. What are the insentient senses? Who is the real enjoyer? We reflected on the four lapses of the tongue, and what true silence is. In short, Swami showed us what control of the tongue looks like. He also took us to see the animals, as he highlighted how man has become a helpless victim to all five senses. Well, that explains why we're trapped. It's only when we shine a light in this dark den that we see the traps and pitfalls for what they are. But guys, I'm not worried. Because in this discourse, Swami sent us a young guide, Pralada who's been there, done it all, and all we've got to do is follow his lead. Now you may remember Prahlada from episode 11 in season one. We saw in that episode how Prahlada's fearlessness stemmed from his unshakable faith in the self or atma. In other words, his self-confidence. Here, in this discourse, Swami narrates at the insistence of Prahlada's father The boy's teachers created ingenious methods of learning, trying to tempt him into sensual pleasures, hoping that this would make him forget Narayana. Prahlada, however, never succumbed to any of these temptations. He stuck tenaciously to the spiritual path, with the Lord's name always on his tongue. Not only that, Prahlada inspired his fellow classmates to do the same. With devotional songs and stories, he entreated his friends not to fritter away the precious minutes of their lives in temporary joys. And here, we have a story within a story, as Swami relates a tale which Narada narrated to Prahlada, and Prahlada to his friends. Hear ye, hear ye! An announcement from His Royal Highness to all men of the land. Two tents have been erected in the field across the lake. You are ordered to read the board outside both tents and enter depending upon the statement which rings true for you. You see, the king had a problem. He had many wives and really no peace. Now, one day, he hit upon a plan he wanted to find out if there was any man in his entire kingdom who was free from worry despite having a nagging wife thinking that this particular man might have some wisdom to share so he arranged two big tents in the field the first one was for those who were under their wives' control and the second one for those who in fact had control over their wives Now throughout the day, men filed into the field on the orders of their king, and by sunset, the first tent was filled to capacity. But in the second tent, there was still not a single man. The disappointed king paced up and down outside and was about to give up when suddenly, one man walked straight into the second tent and sat down. The king was overjoyed. At last, one man who knew the secret. The king walked into the tent and impatiently asked, tell me, do you have control over your wife? And the man replied, my king, I would never lie to you. The truth is I am squarely under the control of my wife. What? This is ridiculous. Why in the world would you be so silly as to walk into this tent then? The long-suffering husband replied in a whisper, your majesty, I had strict orders from my wife to come and sit in this tent. I am willing to take any punishment you give me, but I dare not disobey her. The truth is, as you might have guessed, young Prahalada and Swami are not simply narrating a story just about husbands and wives. The husband here is the mind, and the wives, the senses. Isn't it interesting that just like the wife convinced the husband to go to the other tent, not only do the senses convince us to do their bidding, They also manipulate us into believing that we can't do otherwise. Swami states that the order of control should be inversely proportional to the order of subtlety. What that means is, basically, the senses need to be controlled by the mind. The mind, in turn, by the intellect. And finally, the atma, the subtlest of all, should hold sway over everything else. Our order at this point is in fact the reverse of this. Really puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? I think we can all agree that the power of the senses is undeniable. It is therefore our first and foremost duty to bring these senses under control in order to lead an ideal life. Swami laments that the youth of today have lost control over their senses, and because of this, their actions and behaviour are working against them. He says that students aren't even aware of the proper way to act and behave. I mean, how should we walk, talk, sit, sleep, speak to our elders? as ever, our loving Swami gives us some advice on how to conduct ourselves. Here are some of the key points from the discourse. Firstly, while talking to somebody, we should fix our vision on that person, avoid looking here and there, over their shoulder and anywhere else that grabs our attention at the time. Secondly, we should be mindful of and disciplined with how much we move our limbs around when talking and making a speech. Swami says... We move all our limbs with unnecessary gestures and odd movements, making it look like we're dancing, when we're merely engaged in conversation. There's even a proper way to walk, and if you think about it, this is really common sense. We should keep our eyes focused on what's in front of us when walking to avoid distractions and prevent accidents. <sighs> we should also sleep with our bodies stretched out straight and not bundled up like some sort of tangled wire. And that straightness is not just when we're sleeping. Swami continues that we should keep our spine as straight as a rod while walking and sitting as well. Students should really avoid unnecessary curiosity with respect to matters that don't directly concern them. It's like an old grandpa who's lost his sense of sight and is hard of hearing and sitting in the corner asking, What are they saying? What are they doing? Why do we bother? Swami points out that it's a bad habit to constantly speak to everyone, wanting to know what that person said, what that person did. By giving the senses free reign in this manner, we're inviting infinite problems. Swami's instructions? Curb your curiosity. Mind your own business. Don't give the senses free reign by allowing them to indulge in excessive talk, asking questions, inquiring about other people. Speak only when necessary. It's a matter of disrepute to indulge in excessive talk with all and sundry. In fact, they will try their best to avoid you when they see you approaching, saying, ah, here comes that chatterbox. What is necessary? Good morning, how are you? That is all. And if we absolutely must chat with someone, be discreet and respectful. Also, we should control where we look. Swami says, You are a human being, not a crow. It is natural for a crow to constantly shift its gaze here, there, left, right. But not for man. Remember Lakshmana's incredible control of his vision from episode 4 of season 1? When we're reading or studying, we need to ensure that our spinal column is straight. This, in fact, helps us to think properly. Do you like lying in bed curled up with a book? Well, think again. Swami says anyone studying in this posture will not be able to understand anything properly. Good posture equals good memory power. Swami gives us a few instructions about studying that really should be common sense. But in fact, if you think about it, we don't really put into practice. If you don't feel like studying, then put the book aside and take some rest. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're really tired, don't study. We all know in the name of studying, studying, and more studying, we drink tea, coffee, Red Bull, and V, trying to stay awake. Swami says, what's the point? Not only will your memory power decline, but later in life, you'll face other health issues. Phew, that is a lot to take in. Swami repeatedly points out that all of these good habits can be cultivated gradually with practice. After all, it's by practice that we learn how to walk as babies. He says, By constant practice of the right way of doing things, students will develop good habits and acquire mastery over all their senses. This list of do's and don'ts shows us just how subtle and fine sense control is, doesn't it? And with what clarity Swami has shown us how to live ideal lives. With that, we bring this episode to a close. Ahead lies the battlefield of the Kurukshetra War. And who's that mysterious cloaked figure? <gasps> That's right, it's story time. Until then, stay awesome all help ever heard? Never. That died. is the, the way, way to God. go. On. So come on, people, now, won't you sing it? Follow, follow the teachings of Christ. Follow the teachings of sight. That is the way to follow. Oh. Dear is